eggs in your coffee, a scalding noodle that has nothing to do with temperature, and how Anthony Bourdain rescued a dish from obscurity. This week, it's street food in Hanoi, Vietnam. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast and website for foodies. This is where we explore the cuisine of the world on the Destination Eat Drink podcast and DestinationEatDrink.com. And this week, we're in one of the world's great cities for food, especially street food, Hanoi, Vietnam. But first, let me tell you where I'm at. I'm in Sintra, Portugal, and the Pina Palace, one of the great tourist attractions. The palace is absolutely gorgeous. It looks like it's out of a Disney movie, and this is why so many people make the climb to the top of this hill to see this beautiful castle and experience what it's like living like royalty, at least until the royalty got kicked out of Portugal in 1910. If you've been enjoying the show, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download Destination Eat Drink. My guest this week is Tracy Wean. She is a foodie tour guide for Street Food of Hanoi, a company that offers lots of street food tours, including a scooter tour, which sounds like a lot of fun. If you're planning a trip to Vietnam, Street Food of Hanoi is a stop you need to make. And I've got a link to their website in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED180. Tracy lives in Hanoi. She's an expert on the food there. And she tells me about some of the different versions of the famous banh mi sandwich. We talk ice cream flavors in Vietnam, including at least one I'm pretty sure you were not expecting. And Tracy teaches me to say cheers in Vietnamese. Plus, we talk about the famous dish pho and what makes pho in Hanoi different from pho in Saigon. There's also a crazy story about why you could be arrested for eating meat in Vietnam. Okay, I'm starving, so let's eat. Destination, eat, drink. Tracy, welcome to Destination, eat, drink. Great to talk to you halfway around the globe in Hanoi, Vietnam. Hanoi is a historic city dating back thousands of years. What is the atmosphere like? Just give me a little description as to what Hanoi is like, the town that you've lived in for many years. Uh, thank you, Brent. So um, uh, I have lived in Hanoi for 10 years, um, and I think I haven't discovered uh, the whole Hanoi yet. Um each of the street in Hanoi has its story uh, and its history. Um, actually, if you uh, look more, uh, even the names of the streets in Hanoi. So uh, each, um, each street, it has the name and um, um, it has the history behind it. And uh, on the street in one area uh, will represent a part of history in Hanoi. Um, each area, um, the people, they focus on doing something. Um, so they will be uh, similar and has um, one distinct characteristic in one area of Hanoi. Um, so it's very interesting when you wander around and you discover everything. 
So I think one of the main areas where you guys do your food tours is in Hanoi's Old Quarter. What are some of the historic sites that we might see when we go visit the Old Quarter? Um, so you can see that many of our tours in the Old Quarter and also the, um, the foreign tourists, they really love uh, Hanoi's Old Quarter. That's why the tours are in the Old Quarter. So um, actually, the Old Quarter in the past, um, back in the um, imperial time, um, it was the real Hanoi. <laughs> like um, Hanoi in the past, it was as small as the uh, Old Quarter. And then after that, it's um, growing bigger and bigger until Hanoi right now. Um, and um, in the Old Quarter, um, I don't know if you know this or not, uh, we have 36 uh, original streets and each street, they, um, the people, they sell one thing, they make one thing. Um, so um, uh, you go around, you see all the people working uh, from the labor job to uh, a more relaxed uh, part. And uh, that's why it uh, contains everything. Um, and it's in the... Um, the quarter of the old and the new uh, combination. Um, you can see on the uh, old house from the Chinese and the uh, French time. Um, but you can also see on the young people. Um, they, they come there uh, to hang out a lot and a lot of tourists as well. So it's like the old and the new all together in the old quarter. Now, you said that each street has a name based on what they produce or what job the people have on that street. Yeah. Is it still like that today, Tracy, or is that a remnant of the past? Some of the streets still selling the same thing, but because the um, demand of uh, people right now is not um, the same as in the past anymore. So uh, most of the streets uh, change the uh, product, but they, um, they still um, sell the same thing in one street. Because in Vietnam, uh, we have a saying like when you sell something, you sell with um, neighbor okay. like um, because uh, for example if you come to Hanoi you can see that um, it's very narrow and um, um, the traffic is crazy um, <laughs> so it's very difficult if you want to buy um, a kind of spoon and you don't want to uh, cross all the traffic from one shop to another but if on the shop next to each other, then it's very easy for all the customer to come and um, choose uh, from store to store. Um, that's why if you are selling the same thing in one area, then you will gain more customers. <laughs> that's why right now they still sell the same thing in one street. Um, but if you look by the name of the street, it still keep the name from the old time. So we have like Sugar Street, Fish Sauce Street, uh, even like Boat Street. Um, so right now we don't need those things that much anymore. <laughs> so um, right now they sell, they sell different things than in the past. You said the traffic is crazy in, in the old quarter and you guys do scooter tours. I just imagine scooter tours being really crazy with people dodging in and out. <laughs> you know, traffic coming each way and pedestrians trying to cross the street and whatnot. D describe for me what the scooter tour is like, because it sounds, it sounds like mayhem. Okay. Um, so um, uh, I say it's crazy. It's like uh, from the point of view. Um, but after a while, you will realize that it's like an uh, organized mess. 
Uh, so it's look, it's look very messy, but um, you go there and you see uh, the way in front of you. Um, like um, when I guide people um, crossing the street, for example, uh, I will tell them that you just walk and they will go around you. Um, and that's true. Uh, they will never be hit. <laughs> and also, like uh, the motorbike as well, um, it look messy. And uh, we uh, we have a, a a term for that kind of traffic. It's like uh, filling the blank. <laughs> so if you see a blank, you will go there. <laughs> yeah. So any free space, that's where the scooter goes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the specific the specific dishes. Um, you said a hundred dishes and we can't try them all. Well, maybe I, I might be able to try them all, but most people couldn't try them all. So let's talk about some of those. Um, this dish called bun cha, bun cha. What is that yeah. exactly? And, um, where would we enjoy that? In, uh, about five or six years ago, if you ask most of people, they don't know that, but since, um, uh, the, the trip, uh, of, uh, President Obama to Vietnam, and uh, uh, big, and thanks to um, his show with uh, Anthony Bourdain, everyone now know about bún chả. <laughs> so uh, bún chả is um, a popular uh, breakfast and lunch um, of Vietnamese people, like for street food. Um, and uh, bún is mean the noodle. We have many different type of noodle, and it's one kind of rice noodle. And chả is mean a kind of uh, barbecue pork uh, it is um it can be quite uh, very uh, it's quite variable um, like we have the uh, barbecue pork um, belly we also have barbecue uh, meatball and also the meatball with different herb um, wrap around it before it barbecued as well uh, and um, in the uh, in the old quarter only uh, you go to any street, you can um, uh, find one or two bún chả uh, uh, shop. Uh, it's not like a big restaurant, but sometimes it's just like in the street um, and you will sit on little stool. Um, and uh, because um, those shops, they are more, um, they, they don't have a fixed uh, address for it. So sometimes uh, we would depend uh Depends on the time of the tour that we will go to different places. So they they're not going to be in the same place every time, do they? So in a, in America, sometimes uh, we would have uh, food trucks that would do the food same truck? thing. Yeah, they don't they don't have the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So what they do is they'll use like Instagram or Twitter to say where their location is. Do these guys who have the buncha do they? Do they send it out on social media and say, okay, today I'm on this street at this time and then I'm over here? Or is it much less reg regulated than that? Uh, no, not regulated at all. <laughs> uh, so More chaos. The, Good. Uh, I like it. More uh, chaos. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the um, uh, mobile, mobile um, shop, uh, they are normally the uh, people from the countryside, like the area around Hanoi and they come here in the morning with um, with the, uh, the food uh, store and then they will sell for lunch or dinner only and then they come back to their hometown <laughs> um, and of course those people they will not know how to use the social media uh, of course we still have the restaurant that um, that have fixed time to um, 
sell the food so we can uh, always resort to them <laughs> if we cannot find the mobile one. <laughs> I, I picture you walking up and down the street looking for this guy and not being able to find him. <laughs> no, that's going to be too, <laughs> that's gonna be ta- too time consuming. <laughs> So, uh, Tracy, you mentioned that Anthony, you give uh, Anthony Bourdain some of the credit for popularizing bun cha in Hanoi. Um, do you think there's any other dishes that Anthony Bourdain helped to make more popular than they were before in Hanoi? Yeah, there is another dish, but it's not that um, uh, nice to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Because um, uh, that's one in uh, Vietnam, uh, we have a nickname for that shop. Uh, it is um, scalding noodle or something. Scalding uh, noodle. Yeah, like uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the owner. Um, that's one of the specialty in the north of Vietnam. But it's um, it's not a that uh, I'm not proud to uh, have it as a specialty. <laughs> um, because there are many um uh, street food shops. The uh, the owner um have to work like multi-task. Um, they don't have a lot of uh, staff to help, so um, they can be quite uh, hot-tempered. So, um, oh. um, yeah, like like that, uh, shop owners, uh, she often scold the staff or the uh, customer a lot. <laughs> That's why it's called the scolding uh, noodle. Oh, um, it's not. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> it's yeah, not, I don't know it's why not how the noodle is prepared. Yeah. It's because the guy is being mean to his staff. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, she she very um not nice, but um, uh, she make very good uh, noodle. <laughs> That's why people still come, and even Anthony Boleyn came as well. <laughs> um, and that make her uh, famous. Um, and even the bún chạc as well. Actually, um. If you want the show, you can uh, hear that um, he didn't uh, disclose the address because um, he wanted to be um, uh, less famous, so uh, um, it will keep the good quality. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you can see some of the French influence. France colonized Hanoi for decades yeah. in the in the nineteenth century. Um, I think one of the one of the influences of France. A French cuisine on Vietnamese cuisine might be represented in the banh mi sandwich, which has now become famous worldwide. Is this a French? Is this have its roots in in France? The banh mi sandwich in French cuisine? Yeah, we have uh, French influence in many different dishes in Vietnam. Um, You you know that uh, the French they um, uh, first came and colonized us in eighteen eighty seven, and during that long time. Uh, uh, saw many different uh, culture um, items from the French. Um, not only the baguette, but many different things. Even our famous pho, um, it get um, a meal spot from the uh, uh, consommé uh, oh. from Fra- from France, um, and even coffee. Uh, you know that before the friend came here, we didn't have coffee. Uh, they they brought coffee here and grow it here in um, 1857. So um, um, you know now we are second largest exporter of coffee in the world. <laughs> yeah, so it's that uh, that's one of the uh, big uh, French influence in Vietnam. Back to the uh, baguette, 
uh, yeah, um, it's the French influence. Um, the French came here and they eat a lot of bread, uh, but we don't have wheat. So we have to, we had to start, start to uh, grow wheat and um, we don't have enough wheat. So the baguette, uh, we, in the past, we make it uh, half wheat and half rice flour. Oh, wow. Um, that's the special part that make it so light um, and so um, soft. Yeah. So um, uh, people like it. Yeah, it's like um, right now we have enough. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, uh, people who go to Vietnam, they all come back with the same thing. They all say the baguettes are amazing. I don't know why they're so yeah. good, but they're amazing. And now you've just unlocked that secret, Tracy. That it's yeah. um, it's half rice flour, half wheat flour. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit more about the banh mi sandwich. Um, so you've got a baguette. What do you what do you put inside? Yeah. Okay. So um um the um. The first version of it in the past, um, of course, it's more uh, Western than it's right now. Uh, so a lot of ham and uh, sausage. Um, but um, then that's the more expensive part. And uh, Vietnamese people always try to adjust and um, uh, combine with the uh, ingredient that we have uh, more available here. So we have many different versions uh, and um, that can uh, satisfy on the diet. Uh, and on the uh, um, preference of people. Um, I cannot name, like, I can uh, spend the whole day to name all the different uh, feelings <laughs> of bánh uh, mì uh, in Vietnam. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, it not only depends on the region, but depend on the, the shops that they will have different bánh uh, mì. Um, yeah, so uh, in the north of Vietnam, um, we will have the traditional version, which will have about 10 different uh, fillings inside, like egg and um, uh, the vegetable um, and uh, pate. Yeah, pate is also uh, one of the French influence. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, pork, uh, flossy, and many different things. So the banh mi has all these different versions depending on both where where you are in Vietnam and the vendor who's actually producing the sandwich. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you Tracy, yeah, what's your what's your favorite banh mi sandwich? What what's inside your favorite? Uh okay. So um my favorite is the um traditional one. Uh and also uh recently I like uh, uh one the version from Hội An, uh the one with um chicken and lemongrass and honey. Uh, that one is nice too. Um, the traditional one I have ate my whole life. Uh, so um, the traditional one is head pate and uh, a special um, uh, pork, the juice, uh, a Vietnamese sausage um, and um, char siu pork and some herb. Yeah, that's my favorite. So you said lemon, you said lemongrass, and this made me think of something. Uh, back in the day, I used to make uh, gelato. Do you know what gelato is? Italian ice cream. And one of the flavors, yeah, one of the flavors of ice cream I used to make was I would infuse the milk with lemongrass that I would grow in my backyard. So wow. I want to ask you, Tracy, 
have you ever seen lemongrass ice cream in uh, Vietnam? Because I just, I thought it would be a cool flavor. I never had it anywhere. I've never seen anyone do it anywhere. But I'm wondering, <laughs> since lemongrass is so popular in Vietnam, does anyone make lemongrass ice cream there? Um, no, but uh, I haven't seen it. I'm not sure if we have it in here. But we have um, uh, chili and lime flavor, too. <laughs> that would be good. Chili and lime, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ice cream. Uh, we also have uh, rice ice cream. Uh, we have mung bean ice cream. Mung bean ice cream is my favorite flavor. Uh, if you come to Vietnam, you must try it. Oh, that sounds so interesting. Mung bean. I would never think of making ice cream yeah. out of mung beans. But see, <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I love these different flavors of ice. This is what I called my uh, mad scientist hat that I would put on and try these different flavors. So um, I think mung bean would be, would be right up my alley. Um, I wanted to talk to you. You mentioned this briefly earlier, Tracy, the fa, which is a P-H-O. A lot of Americans, they pronounce it pho, but that's not the correct pronunciation. But this is yeah. a dish. Uh, I, was, I was reading a little bit before I was going to talk to you, and I didn't realize a lot of people credit um, the, uh, Hanoi as being the birthplace of pho. This is where it originally came from. And you said that the, uh, the base... The broth is based on a French consommé, which is a fascinating idea to me. But tell me a little bit about Hanoi Pha, what makes it unique, what makes it so delicious? Yeah, okay, so I need to correct a little bit. Okay, um, please do. It's not <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, Vietnam is a very long country, and um, uh, people still um, like um, discussing like if for actually uh, first... Um, originated from uh, the north of Vietnam or the south of Vietnam. Actually, I think it's um, uh, both uh, about the time um, because um, in the south of Vietnam, we have a lot of uh, Chinese influence. And um, in um, Chinese cuisine, they also have a very similar dish uh, uh, to pho. Uh, and uh, the Chinese people that came here and then... Uh, uh, we also combine and adjust, and then uh, we uh, make uh, a, a more Vietnamese version of pho in the south of Vietnam. Uh, so uh, if you uh, come to the north and the south of Vietnam and you try pho, you can see that it's very different. Uh, maybe because in the north it's more French influence, and in the south it's more Chinese influence. Um, as I told you earlier, um, in the north it's um, uh, from the consommé, uh, from French influence and uh, consomme is like the broth you need to be clarified um, so the the full in the north of Vietnam the broth is very clear um, so it's um, it's like that spirit right hmm. um, clarified and in the south of Vietnam um, the broth is very dark and um, the, everything in full even fresh hook in the north uh, no that's the that's like taboo. <laughs> you okay. can add fresh herb in first. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, the southern people that they come to Hanoi, maybe they don't really like it. They not really appreciate the difference. Um, everything in the north of Vietnam is more balanced and a little bit milder than in the south of Vietnam. And um, um, pho is no difference. So um, the broth, um, you have to eat and you think and you enjoy it. Um, like um, close um, slowly, 
then you will feel and you can enjoy all the um the uh, deliciousness of it. Um, it's like more gentle. It's a very gentle dish. Um, all the um the flavor that come from the bone and the meat. Um, and then on the side, uh, spices like uh, um, garlic pickle in vinegar, for example. Um, everything um on the flavor come together. Um, that's the um, that's what is the best uh from pho. Yeah, I like this idea of sitting down and savoring your pho, not wolfing it down as fast as possible, but actually enjoying it and savoring it. And my understanding is that there's lots of different ways to enjoy pho as far as the ingredients go. What are some of the different ingredients that we might get in a pho in Hanoi? Okay. Um, actually, pho, um, it's a short name a bit. Um, you need to say pho bò if you want to mean the uh, the beef noodle soup. Uh, because pho um, is in the name of a kind of noodle. The noodle you eat in the pho soup is pho. And um, we can have many different uh, versions of pho, like uh, pho soup, pho stir-fried, pho uh, rolled, like a spin roll. Um, and we have fried pho as well. So it's many different um, versions of pho and also many different toppings. So the most famous topping, of course, is beef. And we also have chicken. Um, and um, in some uh, mountainous area where they don't have a lot of beef, they can even have uh, pork pho as well. And um, actually, um, beef is uh, um, the biggest proof that um, pho is, um, uh, is a dish of uh, French influence. Uh, because in the past, uh, in the north of Vietnam, um, sometimes uh, eating beef is illegal. <laughs> Oh. Uh, because um yeah because uh, buffalo and cow um uh are the uh, biggest um um property of one family and um we use buffalo and cow for plastic in the rice paddle um, field so um um if uh, we don't have them anymore then uh, so um uh, how you say it? Uh, uh, we cannot be as productive uh, to work and to produce more rice, so it's illegal to eat uh, beef unless you have um, proof or uh, like the the cow or the uh, buffalo about to die or it died already, then you can eat. <laughs> oh, my. yeah. Okay, so you're waiting for the buffalo to die before you eat it because otherwise <laughs> you're not going to be able to be as productive. Yeah. On your agricultural land, you're not going to have a beast of burden to plow the rice paddies for you. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, if you um, if you eat it deliberately, then you can be sent to prison. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. In the past, now you can eat beef every day. <laughs> sure, sure. The, this is this is in the past, not not today. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got we've got beef and we've got chicken. Um, are there any of these? Fuzz that are suitable for vegetarians. Yeah, um, but you know, like um, because um, the street food is more like uh, delicacy. Uh, we eat because we like to eat, not like um, not like rice at home. Uh, when we eat, we have to eat every meal. Um, so um, 
so because it's delicacy um and in the past um vietnamese uh was ha uh, like vietnamese had uh for a long time so meat is something that everyone want to eat and um sometimes like um only you can only eat some meat uh during the lunar new year yeah so um i tell you that uh, so you can imagine how we um appreciate eating meat so um uh, on the street food is like delicacy um, that's why most of the street food uh, have meat inside uh, of course they can um, uh, adjust and they can make the vegetarian part uh, the vegetarian version um, but you have to know how to um, uh, how to say it and uh, which this can be uh, vegetarian uh, modified and which this cannot so um, it's much better for a vegetarian uh, tourist to come with a tour uh, guide to know uh, which dish to eat. Yeah. So uh, for pho, um, we uh, we also have a vegetarian pho, and uh, we also have vegetarian uh, uh, pho road. Yeah. Um, oh. But to um, yeah to enjoy the vegetarian food um, to eat best, I think uh, people can do. Um, like our uh, cooking class, uh, so in the um, vegetarian cooking class, they can try the um, vegetarian dish, um, but it's full list, not like um, just put out the meat. Tracy, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that Vietnam is the second largest coffee producer in the world, just behind Brazil. What? Uh, how would we yeah. enjoy? How would we enjoy coffee in Hanoi? What are the different ways to uh, have coffee? Do we just drink it in the morning? What, what's it? What's it all about? Um. Yeah. So, um, if you go to Vietnam, you will see that coffee shop even full at night time. Um, and uh, we we can drink coffee any time in the day, but it's not like we need coffee to stay awake like you do but we just drink it for fun <laughs> okay <laughs> um and now uh, we have many different versions <laughs> yeah uh and um normally people don't drink like um very condensed and strong coffee uh like espresso or something um but the, the most popular version of coffee is uh, condensed milk coffee uh the ice version ice condensed milk coffee that's the most popular one Coffee with condensed milk served over ice, so it must be very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet, right? Yeah, uh, but the coffee is very strong, so it's the balance. Balances it out. Oh, good. I like it. Okay. Yeah. And we can get that anywhere on the street, I, I would imagine. Um, yeah. But I, then yeah. I cut you off. You were going to tell me about egg coffee. Tell me about that, please. Okay. So um, um, egg coffee is um, also an uh, invention. Um, come out of uh, poverty <laughs> and there were there was a chef who worked in a um, French hotel in Hanoi and um, he realized that uh, coffee with milk very delicious but without milk very bitter Vietnamese people cannot drink it um, but we have chicken egg every family has chicken egg so he um, replaced milk with egg and make uh, egg coffee so um, um, everyone can try the delicious um, milk coffee that uh, he like. Egg coffee. So, what what do you do? Do you just whip the uh, raw egg into the coffee? Is that how it's produced? Yeah, it's um, more like egg um, custard. Oh, so, um, okay, that makes custard. sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, it's very um, creamy and very uh, foamy, uh, very nice. Uh, some people say that it's more like a dessert. I can uh, imagine. Because the egg is very thick, yeah. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. So we, we've had our coffee. We've had all of our food. Now we need to have something late in the evening, some kind of alcohol or distilled spirit of some kind. What would be the classic thing to drink in Hanoi at the end of the day? The most uh, popular drink at night time for people is the raffia and um, um, sugar cane juice. Okay. So, um, yeah, draft beer is very light, about uh, 4% um, alcohol. Uh, and um, it's very cheap and it's everywhere, so people drink it a lot. Uh, and also sugarcane juice, um, very refreshing, so people drink a lot. Sounds good. So if, if you and I were to go on a food tour and we were to have a beer together, Tracy, how would, how would we say, is there a toast? Is there something to say cheers, to say to your health? How do we, how do, we do that before we drink? Yeah. So um, you come here and you will, say a lo- uh, you will hear a lot of mo tai ba yo, which means one, two, three, come. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yo actually a, a word from uh, the southern dialect, which means come or go. Yeah. Say say it again for me. That's Tracy. how we say it here. Yeah. Both high by yo. Both high by yo. Okay. Very good. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, these are these are the important things that I need to know before we go to Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <very good. laughs> Tracy from uh, Hanoi Street Food Tour. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for teaching us about uh, Hanoi cuisine, but also about the culture of Vietnam. It was very interesting to learn about. The, um, the way that the culture of Vietnam and the food of Vietnam and the history of Vietnam intersect together. Thanks for being on Destination Eat Drink. Thank you. Hi. Okay, there you go. Definitely put Hanoi on the list. It sounds like such a cool, vibrant, interesting place to go. I've got a link to Street Food of Hanoi, the company where Tracy is a guide, in the show notes. That's at radiomisfits.com slash ded one eight zero. Well, it's been great hanging here at the Pina Palace in Sintra, Portugal. This is a hugely popular tourist spot, and if you're coming to Lisbon, it's a simple day trip. You can take the train, comes directly into Sintra. It's about 35 minutes, 40 minutes or so, and you can't get lost because Sintra is the end of the line. So you get out, and then you take an Uber or a taxi or a tuk-tuk up the steep, long hill to the Pina Palace. Uh, The only thing I would say is plan your trip in advance and especially buy your tickets in advance. The lines, especially in high season, but really all year, the lines are just massive to come. Everyone wants to come to the Pina Palace. It's worth seeing, definitely, but it takes a little bit of planning to do so. Well, um, that's about it for this week. Next week, we are in Toronto for some great food in that awesome foodie city. Until then, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. I've just published a story about apes, spelled A-P-E, but they're not apes. It's ape. They're a little Italian truck. They are my favorite trucks in all of Europe. They're all over the place here. And I talk about the ape itself in general and where they came from, but also specifically my all-time favorite ape, 
It's kind of interesting, entertaining, and funny, I think. I think you'll enjoy it, too. Get that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who tops his bond me with mung bean ice cream, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I will see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>